moms, I believe in the children. Listen to the kids, bro. It's the phone ringing. Go and get your kids told. Mother Dom Muhammad throw the minute. What up, what up, what up? Thank you for tuning in. The fact that you tuned in instead of doing something else just proves how special you are. My name is Lil Jockey. And you don't know it yet, but I am your favorite social commentator. Uh, this is the first episode of my podcast called What Do We Know? So what is What Do We Know? Well, every single day, people have opinions, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, in your household, you know, at the dinner table, at school, wherever you have your discussions. And honestly, you may just feel like, hey, man, I don't have a voice. I don't have opinion. Nobody really cares about what I have to say. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's true. Nobody gives a fuck <laughs> about what you have to say. It's very true. And nobody gave a fuck about what I had to say. That's why I started this. Because I care about what y'all have to say. I like to have discussions and I like to have conversations. I don't like being brushed off just because I'm youth and people look at me and they're like, ah, what do you know? You know? Or if I'm a minority, ah, what do you know? You know what I'm saying? So I started this, and this is a podcast that's by the community, for the community. Going to be very interactive, going to be very involved with you guys, you know. I want to know what you guys think. I want to have discussions with you guys, and I want to hear opinions. I don't care if the opinions are the same as mine, and I don't care if the opinions are different than mine. That's what conversations are. Conversations, you have to have them, and you have to grow, and you have to get better, and you just have to do things that sometimes going to make you uncomfortable. This is a life lesson that we're all going to experience together. And I'm glad you guys are my day ones and y'all here for me from the get-go. You know what I'm saying? So you can tell all your friends, hey, man, I knew Lil Jockey first. I knew Lil Jockey when he was doing his first podcast episode and his heart was beating. And he had his notes on his laptop and he didn't know what he was doing because that is me right now. Um, I guess I should introduce myself, you know, a little bit further, say some things about myself. Um, I'm 19 years old. Um, I go to Kennesaw State University, which is in Kennesaw, Georgia, a very, very um, racist county. <laughs> uh, this county is actually, yeah, it's, it, you know, it has its racism problems, um, very big on guns, um, you know, very big on guns and gun rights. But, uh, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoy the school. I think it's nice. You know, I, I wanted to get away from, you know, the norm. I didn't want to go to an HBCU. I didn't want to go to Morehouse, anything like that, or TSU, because, you know, I, I, I'm grew up, growing up, I've been around black people my whole life. So, and I love my black brothers and sisters more than anything else. But to be honest, that's just not real life. It's not real life to just be around black people 24-7, you know what I'm saying? I got to be able to have conversations and you know learn how to finesse all types of people not just my people so you know that's just what i wanted to do with my life and the path i wanted to take and i don't regret it so far i'm walking down this path and i'm enjoying it um i'm nigerian grew up in a nigerian household um born and raised in georgia um you know luckily by the time my parents got to me it wasn't as strict of a nigerian household but nevertheless it was it was still a Nigerian household, you know, still had his, had his moments and whatnot, um, what else, man, y'all just want to know everything about me, man, y'all nosy, um, I was gonna say something, but damn it, I forgot, I'm one take Drake, you know, I'm one take Drake, I don't, I don't edit, 
<laughs> do shit different. This is this is me. Like this this is what y'all finna listen to. <laughs> um Oh, I'm a Christian. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Um love Jesus Christ, J C. That's my man. Also, you know, I, I love conversation. Like I love conversation. I can conver- converse with an extremely racist person. I love to hear what people have to say. I don't like closed-mindedness. I like listening to conversations and whatnot. You know, and I like hearing what everyone has to say and, you know, just being a part of discussions and whatnot and growing as a person. Because at the end of the day, that's what life is all about. Life is all about evolution. And I don't want to stay stagnant. You know, I want to keep on growing and, you know, hear opinions from people around the world because how I view, you know, black people in... Atlanta, Georgia is different than how black people view black people in Wisconsin, you know, and and just so on and so forth. You know, there's 50 states and everyone has their different experiences and whatnot. So, yeah, that's pretty much me, man, honestly. I would love to get to know y'all, and I will get to know every single one that listens to my podcast. I will try my best because I don't even know who you guys are. I never see any of your faces. And I don't know. I could be talking to nobody right now. But whoever you are, whether it's one person or one million people, I love you with all my heart. So let's go ahead and get into the episode. I'm going to talk about a few things today. You know, we're going to arrange. The first thing I wanted to hop on was Moonlight. Now, if you don't know what Moonlight is, it's a movie that just won an Oscar for Best Picture of the Year. Now, Moonlight, <laughs> Moonlight was a movie that I was, I wanted to see it initially. So initially I saw the trailer and, you know, whenever I see black, you know, black movies and whatnot, I always want to see it because I want to support my people. You know what I'm saying? I want to give money to a black movie and I'm glad that it wasn't just a Tyler Perry movie because it seems like those are the only black movies that came out for a while. Even though he hasn't dropped nothing in a minute, it seemed like those are the only black movies that came out for a while. So yeah, I saw, you know, I saw the trailer from Moonlight and it looked interesting. And then I looked more into it and I realized it was about, a, g- a gay man or well it's three stages of his life from boy to teenager to man so it was about a gay male and you know him growing up gay in you know the 1980s in Miami um, in the hood and that still interested me because like I said I, I like to I like stories and I like knowing how people grow up and I, I love seeing people's experiences and whatnot and I don't like being closed-minded you know I want to know what people feel and whatnot so yeah, I fully planned on seeing it. Um, in my eyes, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be a distasteful movie. So I didn't view it as like, oh, this is going to be a gay porno. They're going to try to shove homosexuality in everybody's face. I didn't really view it as that. I just thought it was going to be a story. That's, you know, that's just what I thought. Like, honestly, excuse me, that's honestly what I viewed it as. And you know, I was going to run with that. So I remember I was telling my sisters, I have three siblings, one brother, two sisters. I was telling my sisters that I wanted to see it. And there we just came in this long ass discussion about how, oh, you shouldn't see it. And like, you know, if the thing is people try to, they try to project homosexuality on the black community and they want to do this and they want to do that. And, you know, they just want you to be like this and that. And I, you can't, and it's one thing to hear the stories because my argument was, well, it's not like this is fake. This is real. And this is something that people actually go through. 
this is something that people actually experience. There are gay black men in the community that are scared to come out as gay, and some of them aren't, you know, they don't have sisters and whatnot or, you know, a bunch of women in their house, so, you know, they grow up and they may be a little bit more feminine or, you know, flamboyant in their they lifestyle or ta- how they talk or whatever, and we can be like, oh, well, he just grew up around a bunch of girls. There could be some black men that, you know, they grow up around the toughest, the toughest niggas, and, you know, they're just gay. And they're scared to come out because they just don't know. They don't know how their family is going to react to that. So me personally, I wanted to see it because that's the truth. And I can't be ignorant to the fact that this is real. People go through this and I want to know. But they said that it's just not good to open yourself up to those type of things because it could open different doors to you and yada, 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 yada. And if you're watching two hours of of a man and a man loving each other, then it might influence you. And I was like, man, whatever. So pretty much, long story short, you know, I just didn't. They're they're really on my case about that movie. Like (laughs) every time they saw me, they'd be like, hey, um, did you watch Moonlight? And I'm like, that's a weird, that's a weird ass question. Um, Random out the blue. But no, I haven't seen Moonlight yet. So I actually kind of forgot about it. I wanted to watch it, but I was a little skeptical because I was like, I don't want to watch two hours of gay people kissing, even though I knew that wasn't what it was going to be. But, you know, sometimes when people when people put stuff into your brain, you know, it could just persuade you. So fast forward to the Oscars. Moonlight won the Oscar for best movie of the year. So I was like, at this point, I got to watch it because it won best movie of the year over that La La Land bullshit that I refuse to watch because it looks trash. So I was like, I got to watch this. So about three, four nights ago, I watched Moonlight. When I tell y'all, this is one of the best movies I have ever seen in my entire life. One of the best movies. Story, beautiful. Cinematography, beautiful. It gave you all the feels. I'm telling you, they did everything perfectly, everything beautifully. It wasn't distasteful. It was amazing. You know, and it wasn't a love story. It was a coming of age story. It was like growing up and it projected, it projected, you know, it projected like in some stereotypical ways where like a black man wouldn't be projected well in the community. They projected some black men well in the community. It defeated some terrorists. Like sometimes I'd be watching, I'd be like, Ooh, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for this nigga to do this. I'm waiting for this nigga to do this. And I'd be like, Hey, he he's not he's not, you know, he he, he wants to help. He's not trying to hurt this boy. He wants to help. He wants to do this. He wants to do that. It was a real story. You know, it was like watching any other coming of age black movie, except this one just so happened to be a homosexual, homosexual man, a homosexual male, because he wasn't necessarily a man the whole movie. And for all the people that's like, oh, yeah, it's gay. Oh, it's gay, gay, gay. Guess how many gay scenes were in Moonlight? I want y'all to pause this podcast, take a guess, then come back. Okay, I'm going to tell you how many gay scenes were in Moonlight. One, that is not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler because most people that watch this movie probably isn't looking forward to seeing a million sex scenes or a million gay sex scenes. I would hope that's not your intention for watching this movie. <laughs> Even if you are gay, um, if you want to see a bunch of gay sex scenes, just watch some gay porn. But, uh, yeah, that's not the reason you should be watching this movie. And that's definitely not the reason you shouldn't want to watch this movie because there's only one gay sex scene in the entire movie and it's not even graphic. It's not even graphic. So any argument, any argument you have that's just like, oh, you know, oh, you know, like, I don't want to watch it because it's gay, yada, yada, yada. 
it's not graphic. Like, I'm telling you, like, they kiss for a few seconds. Like, two boys kiss for a few seconds. And in those seconds, I cover my eyes because me personally, I mean, I just don't want to see two boys kiss. That's not me being homophobic. That's just not something I'm interested in. It just, it just doesn't, I just don't like the way it looks. I'm, I'm not homophobic, but I'm not going to, I just don't like the way it looks, you know? So, but I was still interested in the story. So, like, for those few seconds, I was like, okay, you know, going to cover my eyes. I don't know if you want to see this. Then I opened my eyes again. It was back to the, it was back to the um story. So, um, yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. It was definitely a good movie. I recommend that everybody sees it i wouldn't recommend that necessarily children see it just because children can be persuaded so easily so like like little kids and whatnot i feel like when you hit a certain age like 16 i feel like that's when you should be able to see this movie you know it's rated r for a reason you know and you may say oh why can't kids watch it because you know kids can be persuaded so easily and whatnot same way your kids shouldn't watch a raunchy comedy i wouldn't take my kid to a daniel tosh show you know, and I wouldn't let my child watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I also wouldn't, you know, show my child a lot of things. So I wouldn't show my child this. But once they grow up and they can have an understanding and make decisions for themselves rather than being persuaded so easily by media, you know, so easily by media, then yes, this, should, this is definitely a movie that everybody in the black community should watch because it it is a problem in the black community. And I'm sure that I'm sure that a lot of people struggle with this. A lot of people are probably scared to come out as homosexual. A lot of people are probably scared, especially if they're in the hood or whatever. And, you know, this is a movie that we, people need to watch, and it's really good. It's, really, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And, you know, I recommend it. I really do recommend it. Next up, <laughs> now that we got, a pass, we got past the lighthearted stuff, now we finna get into that fire. We finna talk about this motherfucking sheather, okay? Now, if you don't know what sheather is, maybe you live under a rock. But sheather is pretty much the ether. I don't want to say of this generation because I feel like Back to Back was kind of this ether of this generation when Drake murked Meek Mill. But I think this is the first time in history somebody, people that have been in like a, a like a relationship, have gotten like terrible diss songs like dedicated to them. Because, you know, like, Eminem kind of did that with Mariah Carey and Nick Cannon, but Eminem kind of took jabs at Nick Cannon while he really blasted Mariah. But Drake completely murdered Meat Mill, and Remy Ma just dropped Sheether, which completely bodied Nicki Minaj. I'm talking about she decimated Nicki Minaj's career. It was terrible. I felt awful for Nicki Minaj. Actually, no, I didn't feel bad for Nicki Minaj because I don't really like Nicki Minaj. Now, is Nicki Minaj a beautiful young woman? Yes, she is. She's a beautiful young woman. Um, also, she is an, an incredible talent. She can rap her ass off. She has a good, a very good rapping ability. She's good at the art of rapping. Now, she is the only female rapper in the game right now that is like legit taken seriously. So, I mean, like, I mean, we could talk about Remy Ma all we want, but like Nicki Minaj says. Remy Ma's not doing the sales that sales that Nicki does. So, you know, before, like, even Young M.A., like, even though she's a female rapper, she nobody's really, like, putting her in discussion. Like, people view Nicki as one of the best, if not the best female rap artist of all time, which is a lie. It's the Lauryn Hill. 
um, which is one of the top ten hip hop artists all time, male or female. But it's a conversation for another day. Um, but yes, yes, Nicki Minaj is definitely considered one of the finest female rappers out, definitely of all time, and you know, right now. But the thing is, like, about Nicki is. She has so much influence over the female, like, young black community, all these little girls, and she doesn't, I mean, she has a few songs about self-empowerment and whatnot, but she can do so much with her platform, and her biggest hits are about sex, and my pussy this, and my pussy that, and pussy so wet, pussy so clean, pussy so juicy, pussy so serene, like, come on, like, it's, when you have a platform like that, you got to use, especially when you're the only one. So with, like, rappers, like, hip-hop, like, male rappers, you know, you got your J. Coles and you got your Kendricks. You know, you got your J. Coles, your Kendricks, and if you want to go back, you know, and listen to your Nas's, or you want to come and dabble in a little Joey Badass, you know, you know, you got different variety when it comes to, you know, like, conscious rap. But then if you want to feel like, you know, if you feel like you want to kill a nigga real quick, just go ahead and hop over to the 21 Savage side. You can listen to a little 21 Savage. You can listen to a little Chief Keef. You can listen to a little G Herbo. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can listen to those, which is completely fine. And in the male community, you know, we have a balance. So, you know, you could be able to look up to a Kendrick. Or, you know, if you want to look up to 21, I mean, that's okay. But at least you know that Kendrick and J. Cole, they're, they're here. Like, they exist. So that's a, you know, that's an outlet. That's something that you can you know, try to be a lot of females, you know, a lot of young females, at least the ones that I know, they fuck with those rappers. Like, they're like, yeah, I love Kendrick. You know, he's the best. I love J. Cole. He's the best. But, like, they don't identify. They don't try to emulate themselves to be like that, you know, because, it's, I mean, I'm not going to say, I don't, I'm not a woman, so I can't say, you know, that it's going to be hard for you to try to identify with a male. But I imagine that it would be because, you know, y'all struggles are different. So, it's just going to be easier to identify somebody that's coming from where you are, and that's Nicki Minaj, considering that hip-hop is such a big a big part of the black community. So it's a big part of um, African-American females' lives also. So I'm sure when they see, you know, especially the young ones, like the young girls, when they see Nicki Minaj and see what she does, and they want to be like her. Like They want to wear the stuff she wears. They want to be her for Halloween. They want to have the body like her. Like, oh, my gosh, she's so pretty. Her butt's so big. Her her ass is fat. Her titties big. I'm like, that's not the type of, that's not the example you want to set for these young girls. Like, it's lame. Like, it'd be different if you had 15 different female artists right now and they was all killing the game. Like, it's just you. Like, you have a monopoly. You have a monopoly. That's like if you're the only person in the world that sells food and all you choose to sell is just plain french fries. Not salads, no fruit, no nothing. Just fried, just french fries, just fried food. That's it. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're feeding people. And, you know, people are getting substance, but at the end of the day, you're hurting people because... Like, niggas is going to be out here dying. Niggas going to be out here getting heart attacks. Oh, I said heart attacks. <laughs> heart attacks, blood clots, diabetes, all types of crazy shit. And it's your fault. So, excuse me. I'm glad Remy Ma came out with this disc because um, this is going to hurt. This is definitely going to hurt Nicki Minaj's career because whether we want to believe it or not, back-to-back hurt Meek Mill's career, and, and people are still talking about that. And I think that was like, I'm pretty sure back to back was 2014, but maybe it was 2015. 
but I'm sure it was before 2016. So Meek Mill is still getting backlash for that. So this is definitely going to hurt Nicki Minaj's career, especially because she didn't drop a diss track dissing Remy Ma. So this is definitely, definitely going to hurt her career because public opinion is very important right now, and the public is who buys your album. So people view you like, oh, you're pussy. Oh, you don't take this shit seriously. Oh, all you care about money. You don't even care about the game, yada, yada, yada. You want to call yourself the best rapper ever or the best female rapper ever, and you want to be with Wayne, and you want to be with Drake. You want to be with these five people, and you want to collab with Eminem and all these good people. But when it when somebody come after your brand and after your name, all you can do is say, well, I sell more albums than you. I don't know. Nobody gives a fuck about that. Nobody cares about your pockets. He said, Nicki Minaj said, what the fuck? I mean, I'm not Nicki Minaj. He said, oh, yeah, Beyonce said that, you know, I'm the best. Like, who, who, who give a the bitch talk like I give a fuck. I give a fuck. What fucking me? I don't give a shit what Beyonce says. I love Beyonce. I'm not a part of the Beehive, but I love Beyonce and I love her music. But I don't give a damn if Beyonce said you the best female rap. I don't I don't I don't I don't give a fuck. I don't give a shit about none of that. I wanted to hear some bars, Nikki. I wanted to hear some fire and you didn't spit shit. So for that like you're like Remy Ma she snatched your crown she played tag and you're it and you're just chasing her right now chasing her chasing her but you gonna never catch her it's like I mean it's pretty much like fucking Bernie Stan- Bernie Sanders trying to chase Usain Bolt you could try all he want but dog you ain't never gonna catch him so, yeah, I wouldn't say her career is over, but she's definitely going to take a dip in her sales, and she's definitely going to be disrespected in the rap community. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Public opinion is crazy. Um, Speaking of the public, for all you people on Twitter, I love Twitter. I get on Twitter every day. I'm, I'm sure I get on every day. And I'm there probably about, for the whole day, about two hours every day I spend my time on Twitter, which you may not think is a lot. But that's a lot of time just to be staring at a phone screen and looking at people's, you know, comments and whatnot. Y'all have to stop posting shit on Twitter. Y'all have to stop doing stuff for likes. This is not okay. This is how people like the cash me outside, how about that girl, are getting famous. Because people aren't looking for substance. Things aren't sincere anymore. People are just out here doing stuff because they want retweets and likes. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's like the new high. It used to be you do you do crack and, you know, crackheads and all your dopamine. You know, dopamine is all the happiness, you know, all, all those happy feelings that you have in your brain. So when you do crack, it opens all the dopamine in your brain. and You get a big, big rush of dopamine all in your brain. And you feel as happy as you've ever felt for about 15 seconds. But after that, you feel real shitty. So. My thing is, is that is 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 likes and retweets? Is that the new crack? Because I see people out here just doing shit purely for likes, purely for retweets, and it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Like people are out here doing. I see people. I see people get into arguments on Twitter, and then you know how sometimes, like in their Twitter bios, somebody will be like R.I.P. Johnny, R.I.P. You know, Gam Gam or whatever. I see people getting arguments on Twitter, and then they mention the person when they lost, and it's like, nigga, that's why your grandma died. I'm like, damn, nigga. <laughs> that's, 
that's terrible. He can't say shit like that. Man, y'all can't be saying shit like that. It's, it don't make no sense. I was scrolling down my timeline the other day, and there's pretty much, it's this thing, I think it's called the pregnancy challenge. Um, That's another thing. We got to stop with these stupid-ass challenges, but that's another conversation. This thing called the pregnancy challenge, and pretty much you're supposed to show, <laughs> oh, my God, this thing. God forgive me for laughing because it's not funny. It's terrible. <laughs> but I don't know why she posted this. It's pretty much she's supposed to show when you're pregnant. Like, you're supposed to show the beginning of your pregnancy term. So, like, I guess when you can first see the baby bump. And then you're supposed to show the end of your pregnancy term. And then you're supposed to show when the baby is born, like, what the baby looks like when it's born. So, everybody's posting their pregnancy pictures. You know, everybody's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, this <laughs> This my first trimester, and then this is this is when my shit, and this is my beautiful baby when it's born. And I'm like, cool. So you know, I don't, I don't. I'm just like, I don't really pay attention to those. But one, it was it was on Twitter, and I was scrolling up my timeline. And I just clicked it. I was like, you know, let's just see what it looks like. This girl posted. She posted. It was regular. <laughs> I swear it was regular. She posted her first trimester or whatever when she could first tell she was pregnant. And then she posted her big ba- baby bump. And I, I kid you not, the third picture, which is supposed to be when the baby is born, this, this, this bitch, this bitch posted her dead baby. Her dead, I guess the baby didn't make it through like the pregnancy so she posted her dead baby in the tombstone on Twitter. And she said, R.I.P. What the fuck? What do you get out of that? Why so much pain? You know how much pain and suffering I'm sure, I am sure that you went through when you found out that your baby died through the turn, like uh, the baby didn't make it. That's terrible. If the father was if the father was an active role, you know, in in, you know, her life, not her father, but the baby's father. And he was there, too. And, you know, he, the baby didn't make it. I'm almost positive. The first thing that they said was, OK, the baby didn't make it. OK, let's take a picture. What the hell? Like, Why would you do? Why are people so thirsty for likes? This don't make no sense. Why do you feel like people want to see your dead baby? Why do you feel like it's okay for people to see your dead baby? Why do you feel like it's why do you feel like it's your obligation to share that your baby died during it being delivered? I don't understand that. It makes absolutely no fucking sense. It is disgusting and people need to change that cuz it it's it's sick. It's really sick. The fact that people are willing to go so far for likes. Like, I be seeing people post up. Their friends be having coffins, and they literally be post up, posted up by the coffin, smiling, talking about some man. R.I.P. Samantha. What the fuck, bitch? How to, bitch, R.I.P. Samantha. I ought to smack you. What the fuck do you mean, R.I.P. Samantha? And you got a big-ass smile on your face, and that was supposed to be your fucking friend. Look, man, we got to start getting past this, you know, all this bullshit. And we got to just, we got to learn how to have compassion and not try to do everything for social media. Like, damn, it's like niggas out here incriminating themselves now, fucking themselves over. All because of social, like, y'all, because y'all trying to flex on social media. I don't, I don't understand it. There's bigger shit that we got to worry about in this world than 
trying to flex and get likes and retweets. We got to worry about our kids. We got to worry about getting this money. Did y'all know they're trying to take away free lunch? The government is trying to get rid of free lunch and reduce lunch in schools. And it's crazy. And I don't understand it because it's like it's like the government is just trying to create ways to make families cry. Like just to make families cry and to find just like just they're trying to create awkward situations because for the longest when I was a child I didn't know that I, I didn't know that you know we didn't have any money I didn't know we didn't have like I had just had free lunch I didn't think anything of it you know as as a child I had that innocence to know you know my parents you know a child shouldn't have to know oh my parents are struggling they can't afford to buy me lunch every day so the government has to pay for it as a child, I didn't know that. I just went to school, and every single day, I got lunch and breakfast, and I didn't really think twice about it. It wasn't until I got older, like middle school, you know, maybe like seventh grade, and I started figuring out, oh, you know, shit, like, I'm getting free lunch because we're poor. So, I mean, but, you know, I didn't really know that. So now you got little kids that's going to be going to school and like, uh, you know, why can't I get lunch? You got cafeteria ladies. You can have a, a, a fucking whole a whole cafeteria full of hungry kids. You know how many kids are on free or reduced lunch? You're going to have a whole cafeteria full of hungry kids that can't eat. And they have to watch, you know, they're more forcing their friends to be able to, to eat the lunch. And they're just going to be sad and they're going to feel like, you know, why is my life like this? And you're going to create insecurities and you're going to just traumatize these little ass kids just for no reason. For what? To save a few dollars? Y'all want to build a whole damn wall, but y'all don't want to feed children? Are you serious? So you guys are willing to build a wall to keep people out? <laughs> people that's not even disrupting the country. They're not hurting the country. If anything, they help the country. Immigrants made the country. But you want to keep immigrants out. Your Donald Trump's wife is an immigrant, but he wants to kick out immigrants. Whatever. Anyway, so you want to keep immigrants out. Whatever. But you don't want to feed the children. Like, come on, man. Like, this shit don't make no sense at all. It makes absolutely no sense. We have to focus on building our communities. First, we have to focus on taking care of the people inside the country. We can't be focusing all our time on outside forces. We can't be focusing all our assets on stopping ISIS because the terrorists that I see every day on the news, they ain't brown. They ain't black. They ain't brown. They don't have on hijabs or they don't have no full covers. Their names be Becky, Jimmy, Sally, Bobby, Dylan, Randy. They be racist white folks for crazy white folks. Who just feel like they can do whatever the fuck they want. Though I'm not saying white people are terrorists, but the terrorists in the country are a majority. A majority of them are white people, white American people, not Middle Eastern people. How many ISIS attacks? You tell me off the top of your head, how many ISIS attacks can you think of that happened on American soil? Now you tell me on the top of your head, how many times have you can you think back and feel and like think back to a time? where there was a random, senseless shooting, uh, act of violence, an act of hate that was from white people to black people. And if you disagree with me, please, feel free to feel free to hit me up. But that's what I see on the news. And I understand it's propaganda. And I understand not all white people are bad because that just don't make no sense. And it's ignorant to think that. But it's also ignorant to ignore the fact that the people that are doing American terror, like that are terrorizing America, 
are Americans. So we have to address that first. But people just want to be ignorant. And it's crazy. And I just don't get it. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, this shit's crazy. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand people. We have to grow up as a country one day. As a country, we have to grow up and we have to realize that we have to take responsibility for the fucked up shit that we do, you know. And until we do that, we will never grow as a country. Um. Oh, Get Out. Get Out is a new movie from Jordan Peele. Um, I'm gonna become great, better at my transitions, you guys. I promise. Um, you know, we this is a learning experience for all of us. We're all growing together. Okay, we're all getting better together. You know what I'm saying? You know, we all gonna we all gonna get it together, man. That's all I gotta say. But yeah, Get Out is um a a new movie from Jordan Peele. If you know what Jordan Peele is, you might know the show Key and Peele. It's those two light skinned guys that people always call the, like oh they're those white black guys, whatever. I mean, I love them anyway. Um, they're on Comedy Central. They make those skits. You might know them from, you know, the substitute teacher that was pronouncing those names wrong, like Block A, and you know, you know, like um, Block A, where's Block A? At? He's like, my name's Blake, and he's like, stop lying to me, yada yada yada. You know those guys, hilarious. But um, Jordan Peele, which is the chubby one out of the two, um, he made a movie called Get Out, and honestly, looking at the trailer, it looked terrible. This movie, I'm not going to be one of them people just because it's a black movie. I'm not going to say, oh, this movie looks so good. Like, that movie literally looked awful. So, I, at first, I was like, what the fuck, Jordan? Like, this shit looks terrible. I thought she was going to come out with a comedy like Keanu, which was subpar. But, you know, that's, a, that's a, something for another day. But, yeah, I thought she was going to come out with another comedy or something. But you came up with this bullshit. So, I kind of forgot about it. Then, you know, it kind of resurfaced, you know, when it came out and... People are talking about it, and they're saying it's making a lot of white people very mad. Excuse me. Um, they're saying it's making a lot of white people very upset out here in these streets. Um, it's just sparking some, sparking some hatred. <laughs> sparking some hatred from the white community, and yeah, um, and it's gotten a lot of feedback, and apparently it has like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And call me racist, but um. The fact that it made so many white people mad, it kind of makes me want to see it. <laughs> and I don't know if that's wrong or not. It kind of sounds wrong, but it's just like white people really don't be, they don't be getting attacked. I mean, they get attacked like that, but not on a scale where it's news. Not on the scale where it reaches cos- the, the Cosmopolitan or uh, whatever that shit's called, like in Rolling Stones talking about it. And it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm pretty sure white people... I mean, I think Ron Tomato might be user reviews, but a lot of it's majority white people in the country, so I'm pretty sure majority of those reviewers were white. So, yeah, <laughs> I really want to see that. I mean, the movie seems like you know it might be at least at least interesting. You know, even if it's not a great movie, it looks like at least it's something I definitely want to try to see. And as soon as I see it, I will you know get back to you guys. But the thing is, like, I've seen a lot of people, like a lot of white people, get mad. Right. And they talk about, you know, they're being mad, like, oh, this movie's anti-white. And then on Twitter, that's where I get most of these um, little arguments and stuff from. So they'll talk about that on Twitter. And um, the first thing people like a black person will say, uh, like that I've seen a lot of black people say is like um, when white people are like, oh, this movie is anti-white. And then a black person will quote it, you know, and they'll be like, oh, you say this movie is anti-white 
just because this movie's pro black, yada yada, like just because like this movie is pro black and it wants to fight you guys and yada 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 and white people can't take no flack. White people can't do this. Yes, anti white and it's pro black, you know, because you know, we pro black, so we fight against y'all, yada yada yada. First of all, I want to clear the air. Just because something is pro black does not make it anti white. <laughs> like that does not make it anti that does not make it anti white at all. So you guys cannot you guys can't you guys can't have a divide between white people and black people like that. Y'all can't put up that that wall and say, yeah, this is pro black. So that means it's anti white. That's not true because I'm pro black, but I'm not anti white. I'm pretty sure some old like maybe like old Japanese people that were maybe alive during World War Two. If there you know, are there any Japanese people around that were still alive from World War Two um, and they survived the Hiroshima bombings. Or whatever, maybe they were somewhere else at the time, and they may hate America and white people for what they did to their country. So they much they may very well be anti-white. That still doesn't mean when he see me, he's like, "Oh, nigga!" Like <laughs> that doesn't mean that he's pro-black. So somebody can be anti-white and it's not pro-black. Like that's not that's not you know that that doesn't really correlate with each other that's not something that's like oh yeah you know you're like that's not we have to stop creating a social divide between our two communities we have to realize that if we live in america first of all this is the the population is majority white so we have to realize that since this is a majority white community we're going to have to learn how to live and interact with white people and we can't shun them from the community we have to learn how to love and accept them and grow with them and help teach each other things. We can't keep on hurting each other and trying to like fuck each other over every chance that we get or trying to start a, like start an argument every chance that we get or call each other racist or stupid or niggers or crackers. Uh, that's that's not okay. We have to learn how to you know just grow together. What's wrong with that? Like can we let the hurt go? And I understand that it's hard and there's a lot of shit happening, but at the end of the day, we got to keep on keeping on. We got to keep on pushing. We got to keep on pushing forward because all the people that are dying, they're not dying for this shit to keep on happening. They're dying. Like, I'm not going to say they're dying for change. They're dying for change because it's not really their their choice to die. But we should not let them die in vain. So there should not be a little black boy that gets shot. And the first thing we do is say, "Okay, well, let's go kill some white people. That's not going to fix anything. That's going to make everything worse. So let's let's, you know, let's 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 like help. I don't know the word I'm looking for. I'm not, you know, let's value these people's lives that, you know, that passed away. Let's honor them. Let's honor their lives and, you know, have a cause for change and whatnot. You know, let's do something different. You know, let's let's, let's push forward with love and peace instead of hatred and arguments. That's just silly. Um, speaking of hatred and arguments, um, in my beautiful <laughs> hometown of douglasville georgia <laughs> i don't know if you guys have heard it made it all the way to the breakfast club shout out solomon to god um my idol mentor me um yeah all the way in douglasville georgia um apparently a pack of crackers <laughs> and crackers aren't white people crackers are ignorant white people crackers are ignorant white people and you can get mad at me if you want but crackers are ignorant white people so a pack of crackers, some saltines, <laughs> decided to go to a child's birthday party, a black child's birthday party. You know, the big old pickups, the Ford F on the one, the Ford F one fifties. You know, with the mud on the bottom, 
red tinted and have their Confederate flags hanging off the back of their truck, riding around honking, spitting out racial slurs at the family and the children at the party with weapons, automatic weapons, and saying, we will kill you niggers. Let that sink in, you guys. <laughs> These white people took time. First of all, how the fuck did they even hear about this damn party? <laughs> how the fuck? Who the fuck told them about who is on the inside of our schools, of our elementary school? Who's a racist teacher? Yeah, um, Bailey, I was at work today. I was substituting, and this little nigger boy was passing out invitations for a damn party. So, you know, we're finna, finna crash that motherfucker. Finna Ain't nobody gonna have no damn black party on my soil. Like, who the fuck is infiltrating black kids' birthday parties? Like, this don't take no, this don't take no talent. Like, like all you need is a GPS. All you need is a GPS and a low IQ, and you can infiltrate a damn birthday party. That's pretty fucking retarded. I'd rather you spend your time doing something else, but whatever. They wo- they rode through on the big old pig of trust and yelled racial slurs and made threats at the black people and their family. Um, I'm glad this didn't end in any violence um, on both parties. Um, I'm, a lot of people saying I wish them black people would have. What if you know, killed them, killed those white people? That's not the way to go, man. Don't fight, the, like, don't don't incriminate yourself. Don't do stupid shit. Somebody already fucked themselves over. Let them feel it in their pockets and, you know, let, let it consume their time. Don't hurt yourself. I understand you're mad. Take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. Because you know what these black people did? They ain't do nothing. They ain't do anything to um, hurt them or nothing. You know what they did? Um, got the police involved got the news involved and i'm pretty sure i think they're serving a collective time of 20 years uh 20 i want to say like okay so the man that was there he got 13 years and the woman got six so yeah (laughs) that's how it's done so you throw these racist ass people in jail you don't hurt them you don't fight them you don't beat them you don't do none of that shit let the system fight for you that's it. Just let the system fight for you. The Constitution is made to help you. It's not made to hurt you. And no matter what media tries to tell you, like the justice, the justice system, even though it's not perfect, a lot of the times it will work for you. Like a lot, if you just you know just try to use it, you know, and you know, and and if you use it a bunch of times and it doesn't work, hey. But you, you could use the justice. You could use media. There's a lot of ways to fight besides with your fists and guns nowadays, like. There's a lot of ways to fight. So, yeah, definitely use your smarter assets. But, yeah, those white people, they're, they're getting locked up. And, you know, like like this, my man from Twitter said, you know, they better have that same energy when they're in prison. Because <laughs> when they're in prison, you, you, you better be like, yeah, why you in here, nigga? Like, oh, yeah, I'm in here because I, I went to a kid's, a little black boy's birthday party, and I said I'm going to kill all those monkeys and all those niggers. Yeah, have that same energy. Make sure you make sure. I'm pretty sure they gonna know why they in there. They finna go moonlight on that ass. <laughs> they finna go. They finna ride that ass raw. They finna go bareback on that ass. And I'm happy. His 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 asshole's finna be inside out. He's finna get his salad tossed, turned, and finna have ranch dressing all over that shit. And that's what his ass gets. And I'm glad. Same thing with the female. I hope she meet thirty young MAs and they all just beat her ass all day. Like, let them suffer and let them drown in their own pool of hate 
and depression and sorrow and ignorance and let them let their own actions eat them from the inside out don't do anything to hurt them let them make their own mistakes and let their own actions be their own downfall while you sit back on your recliner i said recliner on your recliner you know with your wine or me personally i like minute made because i don't drink so with your minute made in your big cup and sit back and just laugh at the news while you you won like you won you won, like, in the in a situation where you say, all right, fuck this shit. Like, these niggas want to talk to my family like this. I'm finna get my pistol. And then you shoot at them. Nobody wins. Y'all both go to jail. In fact, you might go to jail because now they can make a story. Yeah, you know, we were just riding through and they saw us with Confederate flags and they shot at us. That could easily be the story. But now you won. Like, you won. You see what happens when people try to people try to get a reaction or, you know, a result out of you and it doesn't work and you just be the bigger person. And now they ended up screwing themselves over like that's how it's done, man. Be smart. Be defensive, not offense. You got to be a defensive thinker in these streets, man. You got to think defensively you gotta, and you got to think on your feet and you got to realize what's smart and what's best for you and your family. And how do I get out of this alive and safe and make sure they would not ever do this to anybody ever again? Because who knows if they're going to make it out alive of those, you know, at, at, at that prison sentence. Like, I don't wish death on nobody. But the Lord's will will be done. So whatever the Lord's will is, whatever the God wants to do with them, the Lord's will will be done. <laughs> That's all I got to say um, on that. I mean, you know, whatever happens, happens. But, you know, whether or not they die, I'm not wishing nobody's death or nothing. Whether or not they die, I'm glad they're getting jail time. I'm I'm very happy that they're getting jail time. They very much deserve it. I wish they would have got more. I would have gave them both at least 15 years, girl and man, 15 years at least. But, you know, it is what it is. You can't always get what you want, you know. My birthday passed, so I guess I guess I just got to wait till next birthday for a racist person to get locked up. But, um, man, thanks for tuning in. Like, that's all I got to say today. Thank you for tuning in. Amazing. Like, I don't know how many people are listening. Like I said, whether it's one or one million. I love all you guys. This is very like this means the world to me. The fact that you're just you're just supporting me. Um, make sure you share. Look out for new episodes every week. You know, subscribe, like it, throw this video in your group chats, throw it on your timeline, you know. I just you know, let let's let's make this community bigger. Let's make this is a family. Let's make this family bigger. Let's let everybody know, you know, who we are, you know. What do we know? I want to know what everybody knows. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, let, let's just let's have fun with this, man. Let's have fun with this. Let's make this bigger. Um, if you want to talk to me, you can follow me at Never Been Faded on Twitter. That's probably the best way to communicate me because I check Twitter more than I check anything else. I'm on Twitter 24-7. Never Been Faded. That's N-E-V-E-R-B-E-E-N-F-A-D-E-D. And, yeah, definitely hit me up. I wish y'all nothing but love and happiness. And somebody please put me on with SZA. That's the love of my life. Baby, I'm coming after you. Y'all have a great night, man.